morning and Merry Christmas to you on this Christmas week. Choir, thank you for leading us. Uh, choir and worship team and Lizzie as well. Uh, so grateful for the way that we've been led to the throne this morning uh, for this Christmas Sunday. Uh, you know, this past Wednesday evening, uh, his place was full of Alma College students. Did you know that? We had a good group over there at his place this week. The men's and women's basketball teams are on campus while classes are not going on. And so there's, while the smaller group of students is on campus, you can imagine there are a few fewer food options for them on campus uh, during a time like this. So I'm so grateful that we could host them at his place for a meal just to open our doors and uh, build some relationship with them. You know, these uh, students often serve us by helping us with our kids' camps. They often show up and serve here. So I'm so grateful that we can uh, serve in their lives uh, and be a blessing to them. Some of these same folks that you see here will be uh, with us at the end of December for our kids' camp that we're offering in between Christmas and New Year's for kids in the community. Uh, so grateful to connect with these college students, so grateful for the way that we're reaching out to kids and their families in our community. I'm really excited about the growing relationships that are happening through his place these days. Opportunities to connect with others and encourage them to learn stories and, and build relationships. Uh, in fact, this year, our after-school program has continued to grow and grow. It's up to 151 elementary students. Isn't that amazing? It just keeps growing. That's almost 20% of the elementary kids in Alma uh, that are here coming to our after-school program. I love that. I'm so grateful that God is giving us this influence uh, in the lives of kids and their families. Uh, so we together want to lean in and reach more and more, uh, more families, more kids in our community. And that's why our Christmas offering this year, we've been talking about that. Our Christmas offering is all focused on investing in the next generation. So half of our Christmas offering will go to kids' camps at his place. And we have long offered summer camps here. That's been a great part of what we've done through his place but uh, in addition to our summer camps in 2020, and we'll be growing the number of camps that we're going to be offering, we're also trying to do some shorter, sometimes one day or just a couple of day camps that will pop up throughout the school year, like the one that's happening at the end of December in just a week or so. Uh, to reach kids and, and serve them. So we're looking at strategic moments throughout the calendar year when we can connect with these kids. And we're committed to offering these kids camps for free uh, to kids in the community. So when we give to the Christmas offering, it helps scholarship those camps uh, and those families as we build relationships with them. The other half of our Christmas offering this year will go to Children of Promise. And if you were here last Sunday or if you tuned in online, uh, you got to meet Kyle Hayes, who joined us from Children of Promise, to share more about their mission and ways that they're reaching kids all over the world. They work in uh, 30, uh, they have 30 different programs uh, Actually, 35 different programs in 30 countries around the world serving 4,500 kids, helping make wholeness possible. I'm really excited that our Christmas offering is all about investing in the next generation. 
right here in our community and around the world. You can give a gift anytime to this Christmas offering. Just designate that gift. If you're writing it on an envelope, just write that on the front before you drop it in one of our offering boxes near the doors. Uh, you can mail a check-in, of course, and you can give online. There's a way that you can uh, select on the drop-down menu Christmas offering. And just want to say thank you. I'm so grateful that we get to be generous together, especially at Christmas. So glad that we get to do this. Well, today on this fourth Sunday of Advent, uh, we are again focusing on uh, what we have been uh, this season, this invitation to encounter peace. And I don't know about you, but I especially need that in my life uh, these few days before Christmas. It's a busy time of year, uh, not only busy things on our calendars, but as we say in our house, often big feelings that go with this time of year as well. These last few weeks uh, in my own uh, devotional time with the Lord, I've really felt uh, drawn to uh, Psalm 139. You probably know that psalm. It's a very famous psalm. Uh, and I've been meditating on that psalm frequently. Uh, it, I love that psalm because of the way that it describes the way that God knows us and cares for us. Let me just read the first few verses of that for us. Psalm 139 begins, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. You know, I've thought about uh, that opening of this psalm so often, and it has really struck me, especially in light of the December hustle and bustle. <laughs> so I've been reading these words in the presence of God and thinking about how God notices me and how God notices you. So I want to reread these opening words, but uh, adding in some of my own as I've been reading this this December, and maybe this will be helpful for you as well. It sounds like this. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me this December. You know when I sit to write Christmas cards, or scroll social media, or shop online, or when I sit to share a meal with others, or sit at my desk to work, or sit on the couch and rest even while feeling I should be more productive. You know when I rise to decorate, or wash dishes, or wrap gifts, or tend to the next thing that needs to be accomplished. You perceive my thoughts from afar. All the things I'm worried about and the list that I'm making and the deep, quiet grief that rises this time of year and the unanswered questions that worry me. You discern my going out as I attend holiday festivities and run errands and finish shopping and my lying down even as I long for more hours of sleep. <laughs> you are familiar with all my ways. I am seen and known and noticed this December. My friends, on this Christmas week, whatever may be going on in your life and in your heart these days, I want to remind you today that you are seen and noticed and loved by your Heavenly Father. 
You know, one of the things that I love about the Christmas story as we see it unfold in the Gospels is the way that God notices things. There's so much about the Christmas story that's so unexpected, that's so humble in the way that it unfolds. And in, in this, it's really the story of, of God showing up in the most unlikely ways and drawing attention to things that the world hardly notices. Perhaps we see this most through this angelic announcement that happens to the most surprising audience, shepherds. You probably know the text well. Let's read it this Christmas week. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. We think about how God sent his angels to announce the birth of Jesus to the shepherds. And in a culture when Jesus was born, shepherds stood at the bottom rung of the social ladder. They were considered second-class, untrustworthy people, generally despised in everyday life, deemed incompetent. They were lowly, uneducated types. Shepherding was a despised occupation at the time. And you know, for us, that we have to remind ourselves of that because we tend to have this image of gentle shepherds. We think, oh, how wonderful. It's this positive and gentle image. But in the first century, we ought to remind ourselves that shepherds were scorned as often dishonest people who grazed their flocks on the land of others. What kind of God shows up first to the outcast to proclaim the good news? Make no mistake, this was not happenstance that the shepherds were the first to receive this divine announcement. This was God's very design because this is our God who notices people. And this moment where the angels proclaim the good news to the shepherds, it sets the tone 
for the truth of the gospel that will continue to unfold, that is still true today, that Jesus came for all people. And that includes you and me. See, in the hustle and bustle of December, it's so easy to feel lost in the shuffle. But Jesus has come to say to us, you are not forgotten. You are not overlooked. You are seen. You are known. You are noticed by God. Emmanuel, God is with us. He has come for you. Can you imagine how the shepherds must have felt? How intimidating it must have been to receive this invitation to go and meet this new king. How in the world could shepherds, these despised folks, show up in the presence of a king and not be turned away? How could that happen? But this was not an invitation to a palace. It was an invitation to a manger. A manger. Now, they would have thought, well, that's familiar territory. We know what it is to be next to a manger. After all, they often would have been with their flocks. A manger, this is welcome territory and familiar to them. And the angel told the shepherds, you will find the baby wrapped in cloths. That too would have sounded familiar because that is what peasants would do. Like shepherds, they would wrap their newborns in cloths. And the angel said, this will be a sign to you. And that's a statement, not just for the purpose of identification. This is an assurance of welcome that they are given, that that this is the king who comes humbly for all people. You see, this is Jesus, and this is how he arrives. He arrives with this invitation to the least of these Because in the kingdom of God, the last are first. Kenneth Bailey says it this way, The shepherds were welcome at the manger. The unclean were judged to be clean. The outcasts became honored guests. The song of the angels was sung to the simplest of all. As the multitude of angels appeared, the message that they proclaimed was peace. This Advent season, we've been talking a lot about peace, this invitation to encounter the peace of Jesus. And so often we think of peace as the absence of turmoil, that that we have peace when there's no conflict or war or strife or struggle. Peace is the picture of everything as it should be, calm and at rest. But rather, when when we study the picture of peace in the scripture, we find something different. It's so much more than that. Peace isn't so much about the absence of turmoil. In the scripture, peace is about the presence of God. In the Old Testament, uh, which was written in Hebrew, the word for peace is shalom, which means well-being, wholeness, harmony, abundance, peace. And shalom is this rich theme in scripture that we find 550 times in the Bible. Most frequently, it's as a noun or an adjective. But, we've talked about this before, but I need to say it again. But because shalom is the mission of God, we also find this word in scripture as a verb. 
because this is what God is actively doing. And when we find shalom translated as a verb, it sounds like uh, to restore, to repay, to set right a wrong, to make peace with an enemy, or to pay a debt. You see, shalom is the mission of God. This is how God moves towards us. This is what God does. That means when we talk this Advent about encountering peace, that means we're encountering Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, who sets things right, and who brings wholeness and healing and restoration. And that's good news for our lives this Christmas. That means whatever big things we have going on, we can experience God's shalom. I wonder this Christmas week, how do you most need some peace this Christmas? Maybe for you, you're feeling your shoulders tense because you know this is a week of some difficult relationships and you're not looking forward to some of the things you have to navigate in the days ahead. Or maybe this is a season of heavy grief as you're aware of those who are not with you this Christmas. Or maybe for some reason or another, you just feel unsettled in life. Maybe there's some unanswered questions or a source of anxiety or or fear or some unknown that, that just leaves you not feeling at peace. Maybe there's financial stress or employment challenges or, or maybe you just find yourself playing exhausted this December. I wonder, I want to ask you today, what might happen if you paused today to consider the presence of Jesus, not just with you in general, but with you in that struggle? What if today you were to imagine the most difficult thing for you this week and imagine Jesus being present with you, noticing that thing and being with you right there in the middle of it? See, the truth is, the presence of Jesus brings peace. Think about that for a moment. Just his presence, just his presence, even if nothing changes, just Jesus being present with us in the struggle, it brings peace. You know, I've thought a lot about this idea of the the peace that comes from the presence of another person. I've learned a lot about that in pastoral ministry. In fact, sometimes we talk about it as the ministry of presence. I think it's one of the the hardest things to learn, especially as you're starting out in ministry. One of the things that's so amazing and so sacred about getting to serve as a pastor is that people invite me into some very sacred moments in their lives. Some struggle, loss, grief. I'm invited to, to show up sometimes. And I've discovered in my ministry that sometimes that feels like a lot of pressure to figure out what's the right thing to say in a moment like this one. But the truth is, words are almost always inadequate in some of those big moments in life. And words are rarely remembered in those moments either. The thing that matters more than the words 
is being present. Just showing up. Sometimes just sitting in the silence together. No pressure to fill the space with words. Maybe you need that reminder this week. Maybe as you sit here today, you're thinking about a struggle, not for yourself, but someone that you care about. And you know that this is a difficult week for them. And maybe you've been wondering, what in the world can I even say to them this Christmas? So I want to remind you today that you too can give the gift of the ministry of presence to just show up with a note, with a call, with a card, with with a coffee, right? Something very small to just let someone know, I'm thinking about you, I see you, I notice you, I want to be present with you. See, the truth is your very presence in the life of someone else can bring peace. You've probably experienced that in your life too, haven't you? In a moment that was incredibly difficult, think about who showed up for you. And chances are you don't remember what they said, but you remember that they were there. It's a really wonderful thing and a great reminder for us this Christmas that this is one of the ways that that our God invites us to join him in the mission of shalom, this mission of peace. We're invited to participate in the lives of one another, bringing wholeness and and restoration and setting things right. Today, maybe the Lord is nudging your heart to help bring that ministry of presence to another person. And perhaps on this Sunday before Christmas, the Lord also wants to very personally remind you that he is present with you in your struggle. The truth is, the Lord might not intervene to change your circumstance in the way that you're asking for, but I know that he will be with you, that he will be present, not to shame you, but but to love you unconditionally, to work for your good and for your wholeness, because this is our God who knows you and sees you and notices you. Today, I want to invite you to rest in that reality. I'd like to read for you the the words from Psalm 139, and I'd invite you to just quiet your heart and listen to the Lord speak over your life today. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. 
The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them, and I count them as my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. Today, as we continue in worship and as we respond together, uh, we want to invite you, if you would like to today, uh, to come forward for anointing. You know, our Our scripture is so rich with symbols that help us remember who God is and how he works. And anointing oil is one of those things. The scripture talks about the oil uh, that reminds us of God's presence and his power and the way that he is actively working. And so this Sunday before Christmas, perhaps there's a specific need that's on your heart for yourself or for a loved one today. Uh, If you would like to come forward during these next few songs, there will be three of us here at the front, and we would love to anoint you in the name of the Lord and take a moment and pray with you today. We know that there's no magic in the oil, but we know that there is power in the name of Jesus. And so anointing is a way of trusting the Lord together. So I would invite you as we worship together, if you'd like to come forward to do that, we would love to pray with you today. Let's stand together and let's pray. Oh, our gracious God, we're so grateful for the way that you know us through and through, for the way that you search our hearts. God, you know each one of us this Uh, this weekend as we come before you. Lord, you know all the things that are on our minds today. And so we ask today for a fresh encounter with you. May we experience your power and your presence and your provision in our lives. God, thank you for the way that you are at work. We love you, Lord. It's in the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, that we pray. Amen.